All right, and welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Adam Penna, continuing the conversation of 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And I'm very happy today. I've had a great conversation with Shinchi Wang, and she's from Satori, and she's joining us from the United Kingdom today. So welcome, Shinchi. Wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Adam. It's my pleasure. Nice to yeah. meet you, everyone. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting. I know we had a wonderful conversation before that, and it really centered around, you know, creatives and what creatives mm-hmm. bring into production inside of 3D printing and additive manufacturing. And sometimes those two words don't get put together when you're thinking about full manufacturing, but the creative side is always there. And without the creatives, yeah. creatives put the why in the buy for manufacturing, right? And it's so interesting now. I was like, that's the truth. You know, what happens inside of a creative process is very unique and it's attributed later inside of the designs and the things that come outside of 3D printing and additive manufacturing. So wonderful to have you today. We're going to talk a bit about that and a bit about your journey because you're over there as the CEO at Satori and you started a whole new printing revolution. So again, welcome. Great to have you here today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to share my ideas. Yeah. In general, we've talked a bit about, you know, your background in manufacturing. And I know to give a little intro, I know you've been combining your artistic creativity and passion for technology and business acumen. And you're now running both a 3D printing tech firm and art jewelry brand based in London. You believe in technology and art and those two things that are set the human creativity flying. So this is awesome. Great to see that coming from a leader in the industry and someone, you know, that has had the background of creativity and bringing that passion into the industry. So Happy to talk to you about a bit of that. So tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Satori mm-hmm. and what you're doing now. Sure. And actually Satori, you know, we talk about this a lot. It meaning is in Japanese Zen, it means enlightenment. And for me, it's also enlightenment phase in my life. And it perfectly combined my two previous backgrounds together. So back to many, many years ago, I was uh, more professionally trained as a musician. I was an opera singer. And awesome. I you know Adam at one point was also a musician. Even now, you're still very passionate about playing Hobbyist. I have fun with it. But yes, thank you. And for my another part, when I went to uni, I majored in finance and investment. So it's more business aspect and two extremes. So for Finance, everyone knows it's very data number driven. It's a, yeah. more about the financial return. And for my creative side, it's really about the human emotion. And one point, especially after I came to Oxford for my MBA, it was a perfect time for me to step back and reflect. What do I want to do from this point on? Do I continue with the more professional financial journey or do I go back to my artistic side? And after several months of exploration, I reached this moment where why not combine both together? And then I got to know 3D printing industry. And I know everyone approached 3D printing differently. Like you said, some people find it's very hard to connect that with the creative process because they think of 3D printing as machinery. But mm-hmm. for me, when I know about 3D printing, I got to know people who are very passionate about design things and to print it out on their own. It's really a very empowering tool for releasing their creativity. So I was very excited that maybe I can dive deeper in this industry to combine my artistic creative side and with my business side that I learned in my financial journey. So that's what brought me to 3D printing industry. And that's probably also why you saw a lot of um, emphasis on the creativity in Satori. And even from the name, it's not a 
about the 3D printing. It's really about the moment, the user experience where you feel empowered and enlightened. Yeah, and that's where the magic happens at that moment. It's another tool for us to have creativity. And when you could build layer by layer, there's so many interesting things that you could do with it. Now, I know Satori like mm-hmm. focuses right now with the makers, and but also on production on the dental side, correct? Yeah. yeah. So what our mission is to empower people who have a creativity with this affordable professional 3D printer. So we definitely want to bring this professional grade to people who may not afford very expensive 3D printer. Yeah, and you have, now is, is it right, you're actually creating or is it modifying your own printers? How are the printers actually set up? Because you've chosen to work with the resin technology, right? And then the printers, you're actually creating your own style of printer to be more suitable for what you're doing. Talk about that evolution yeah. and how you actually, why you did that with what's out there and mm-hmm. taking a look at it, why it was important for you to do that. The importance of doing that is, I think for 3D printing, it's not just a tool, it's about the interactive process with the users. And when we build the Satori machine, we actually have a group of better users. And before we even officially launch that to help us to test the machine and give us a feedback in the practice. Nice. Those group of people include dentists and the jury makers. And what we always try to do is to bring this machine to be professional level, but in the same time, not having a top-down approach What I mean by top-down approach is manufacturer came up with the technology and then the user adapt to the technology for their practice. There's a lot of a learning curve. But what we want is the user experience and the machine innovation is a smooth integrated process. And that's the major highlight of our machine development process. And also we have our own resin. And for the resin, we also develop in a very close collaboration with the machine development process where you know that for resin 3D printer, it's very important to set the machine right for a specific type of resin so that it can ensure the highest quality and also success rate. So overall, and I really like to collaborate, whether it's uh, by after we develop the product or in the product development phase, is a very important part of a Satori. Yeah, that is a big part of it, collaborating on any side of it, because obviously to get to a final product, you need a lot of help along the way and you want to learn from people who've been there before so you could avoid some of the mistakes that are out there. But learning from failure is a big part of it. And I know you've talked about that before. Uh, What has been your experience with the creative process and learning from failure? I think it's about work with ambiguity because when you start to develop a machine, I know now in the marketplace, there's a lot of machine out there. It's very easy to follow what is the status quo, but you have to start from the very beginning of what people use this machine for. And that can be answered from different angle. And sometimes you get lost in the journey because every user you're talking to, they emphasize different aspects. But as a manufacturer, in the end of the day, you have to come up with the one particular product in one time to address all the different concerns. So that kind of process can be chaotic and also Mm. disturbing. Because you want to control as many factors as possible. But unfortunately, in the development phase, you have to let it go to really embrace the chaos. And yeah. I want to give an example is when we're developing the dental 3D printer and together we're also developing the resin. As I said, they go hand in hand. 
Yep. And one thing that was quite unexpected in the conversation with the dental lab was their biggest concern is about the processing of the resin. It requires a lot of alcohol to remove the residue of the resin. And normally you would think it's fine. It's just the chemical you're using. But in the dental lab situation, that dental lab owner, he has a lot of orders and he actually couldn't sleep well overnight. The first thing he do in the morning is to rush to his factory to make sure that there's wow. no fire or hazard because he mm -hmm. has to store a lot of alcohol in order to batch processing those uh, 3D printed models afterwards. So in this conversation, I learned that it's actually very important for the resin to be post-processed without the alcohol component. So yeah. how can we come out with a resin that doesn't need to be washed with alcohol? That's actually lead to our development of the water washable resin. And awesome. if you just look at the type of resin, why it matters to go through the development process to come out with a resin that is water washable. Is it just a cool convenient? But if you talk to the user, then you start to understand it's a key pinpoint. They have to be solved. Otherwise, it's not going to be scalable for some users. So that just to give you the example of some of the development process and also the kind of a chaos you have to embrace some yeah. unexpected journey. Now that also, does it lend itself? I was just curious now making it, you know, water soluble or water-based cleaning afterwards. Mm -hmm. Do you have the ability to actually, I mean, does it make it more wearable for the material actually not have the alcohol process afterwards or does that have nothing to do with it? Just wondering. It's uh, more about the post-processing process has okay. a very little relationship towards a wearable or not. It's just yeah. about how clean the model is because normally you need some tougher chemicals to remove the residues. But for this type of resin, even just to rinse it in the water will do the same effect, which means you don't have to store the alcohol in your lab yeah, or factory. That, that's a huge improvement. That's awesome. Now, the, the dental side of it, can you talk about that? Because I know a lot of people approach it from different ways inside of 3D printing, and there's the different materials mm -hmm. and, and metal and polymer. Your polymer side of it, you're working a little differently with what you do with the dental industry. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. It's a really good question because for 3D printing, I still believe that for each manufacturer, it should address one particular pinpoint. Otherwise, you cannot be everything. If you focus on the resin printer, you cannot aim to do something that a metal 3D printer is trying to do. You need to find a really good area and then do the best. And for us, even with the resin area, and we identify two major applications. One is the aligner production. Some famous firm like Invisalign, the mm -hmm. transparent clear aligner you use to adjust your teeth. And the other is a surgical guide, which is used to guide the surgery in dental industry. And those are two major applications of our 3D printer. And for aligner production, our current process is to print out the teeth model efficiently and with high accuracy so that you can go through the forming process to develop this clear aligner from there. And then the other application is the surgical where you can directly print it out that resin and then to use for your surgery experience. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a lot of what needs to happen out there. I know there's a lot of different approaches to the dental industry and each one that can kind of specialize and what we could do kind of grows the applications. And that's really where we're at inside of the manufacturing side of 3D printing is growing applications, you know, because there's 
there's only so many uses you have for the specific technology. And uh, mm-hmm. the more we could have these applications out there, the bigger the industry is getting. So it's exciting for me to see all these different you know approaches that are in specifically in the dental industry, in the medical industry, and aerospace industry, and each one of the industries out there, including mm-hmm. fashion and jewelry. There's all these different yeah. approaches that are just expanding what could be done <laughs> creatively, you know, and that is where, again, yeah. it comes back to that creative power that's bringing things into production. It's like, you know, it's churning things up into this is something that we can now do inside of 3D printing. So very neat to see that progression. And I love your passion behind what you do. So we talked a bit about the music side of things. So where did you see your like structure of that and the ability to bring that creative power inside of what you're doing now at uh, Satori? Yeah, actually, I'm very excited to share how that's related to the music experience. Although it's a very different industry, but I will say even now when I lead the team or running the company, I'm using the musician's mindset. And normally people will think musician as part of the art industry. As we talked before, they might be a little bit easily to get distracted because they need to constantly go after different inspiration. But I will argue the different way. Musicians are very good at connecting dots. They collect information from different realms and then combine together. And for me, I adopt predominantly that part of my musician identity. And speaking of running the company, that's why I really focus on the user experience. Because if you think about a musician performing on a stage, it's not a one-way street where you produce your music and then it's almost like a send out your music vibe to others. You have to make others resonate with your music to make it a success. So in that way, the way that you develop your whether music or your product, you have to consider the interactive process with your end user or audience and how can you make it interactive and collaborative enough. And also regarding leading the team, I always think of it like a leading a band because in a band, you have uh, members who specialize in different instruments. They have their different perspective, just like in the team of a company, different expertise, different perspective. And how can you coordinate in the way that brings out the best of each potential? but in the same time, work so much in the sync to produce one great show so that not just one person who is a dominate and then people are not really coming together. So for me, being the musician gave me the perspective on how to be a leader in a company and also how I approach the product. It's definitely going to be a more interactive process. Yeah, that discipline of going through that experience as a musician, that's that's really important as, as far as the, bringing it into the industry that we're in. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that have to work together. And we talk about being mm-hmm. put in our own silos and not being, you know, working out of those silos sometimes. And I've seen a lot of changes, people trying to break out of their silos trying to communicate better, network better, especially in this time where we can't all visit each other face to face. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a big part of that, having that ability to actually work inside a network, help people and understand where you're going creatively to get to the bottom line. You know, there's a lot that has to happen with uh, working together. So I see, I think a lot of interesting conversations have happened around learning what teams are doing in the last year, especially, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. during this pandemic, we all had to kind of approach things in a different way and work together as a team from a different viewpoint and make things happen. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that. What's this last year been for you and the team there uh, working together and getting through these things? Yeah. So it's a tough year for everyone. 
And also for us, as you probably see for Sartori, we have some partnership program going on where we collaborate with the designers to come up to solve their pain point. And because of the COVID restriction, we couldn't really meet in person frequently. And the way that we work together is by Zoom call and have technical difficulty regarding navigate this new virtual meeting technology and also communication style. How can we uh, learn from the process to communicate more efficiently? But one thing that I was very relieved to see, that's also the power of 3D printing, is you really can be more resilient in the time of disruption. So for our latest partnership project with the fashion designer again, Although we're in London, but while we're working, we're actually in the most restricted time of the lockdown. We're not supposed to meet each other. So what we do is that we have the Zoom call and also we share the ideas instantly by WhatsApp group. And then we're able to produce this amazing project together. And I think if we can do that in the most limited time in Mm. the history, and let's imagine when the lockdown is behind us, what the power would be there for 3D printing. So I think yeah. it definitely wow. we go through the challenge, but we see the positive side, how resilient we could be. Yeah, that's that's what I keep seeing, you know, especially in these conversations is what people have done to overcome the last year of difficulties inside of working together as a team and that networking capability and the ability to share things and get together now, especially virtually. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's another benefit we have. Imagine not having this right now in this time to be able to push things forward, communicate or just reach out as a human being to another human being. It's a beautiful thing to have that. But inside of 3D printing, additive manufacturing, the industry has gone through a lot of changes in the last year. There's a lot of highlights of things that have happened, but there's a lot of struggles. Obviously, we've all had those. I can't wait as much as everyone else to see when this goes back to a sort of uh, face-to-face daily life, put it that way. But yeah, the integration of what we learned in these tools that we're using for networking is huge. I see that as just another attribute to the world that when we get back together the way we were or close to it, we're still going to have these tools to work inside of those gaps, you know, to fill those gaps and those holes inside of that process. And people weren't using them so much before, you know, they were afraid to open up their cameras or those type of things. But now there's an integrated process that goes on inside of creativity, inside of all sides of business that has to do with the virtual place, the virtual atmosphere that we're living in. It's something I'm glad and I hope doesn't become permanent. It seems like it's not going to be permanent, but the integration has to be there. And we've all learned a lot in the last year. So that's a good thing. Well, this has been awesome. I know there's a lot going on in the community with even education and the way we coach our customers. So how has that been going for you? And how have you gone about the education side of things? Definitely, it's a big challenge. And we mentioned about the collaboration before in this industry, more about the different players in the 3D printing industry. It's so important because I think there's a bigger battle to fight for the industry as a whole is how can we make the mainstream, the end user to understand the development of the technology and Mm. also take the step forward to embrace it and to use it. Because there's a lot of a problem can only be solved when more users start to use it and give the manufacturer feedback. So mm-hmm. that's why it's very natural for us, uh, Satori, to take the role of educating. And we don't think it's uh, separate from the manufacturer process. In fact, it really benefits manufacturer in the future when there are more people accepting this technology and then they can give us the feedback. How can you develop a machine that is more user-friendly? And speaking of the education process, I'll give you an example in the dentistry, which might be as a straightforward, but if you really talk to those end users in detail, there's 
there's a lot of a misunderstanding there. So one big myth is that they thought 3D printing in dentistry is still very expensive. I admit back two years ago, those machines used in dentistry are over 20K and it can be a no. heavy investment. But machines like a Satoris is just under 3,000 pounds. It can wow. be really affordable. And also in the conversation, the dentist asked me about the business return, like in return on the investment. Sure. So by just having the number he gave to me, like very light workload, let's say like two uh, teeth model a week and two surgical guide a month. And mm. he will be able to pay back the machine in four months and then save up to 4,000 pounds a year besides just investing in the machine. So yeah. that's some surprising fact that dentists were very happy to hear, but they unfortunately didn't get educated about because I admit that sometimes the news about 3D printing is more futuristic. It's about yeah. the push the boundary and the limit. But in order to reach this very far ahead step, so we have to look at the present. How can we encourage people to start using it now? something more practical and make business sense. So I think by saying education, it's just something really practical. Like, can you invest in 3D printer today? And how would that benefit you? And also realistically, give people advice. What's the limitation? But what do you can work towards remove that limitation in the following several years? So I think education here is very down-to-earth approach. And also, it cannot be apart from the business aspect, because ultimately, for people to adopt the machine, it's a about investing money and they need to understand the finance behind it. Right. No, those are amazing points there. And I think that a big part of uh, the overarching thing that I'm seeing, especially with this pandemic, is security. You know, everyone wants to, to feel secure about what's going on and that comes in a lot of forms, but education is probably the biggest thing underneath that security, understanding what's going on, being informed, being able to make the right choice because finding that ROI, like you're talking about, that makes sense. You can't see that a lot of times, especially from outside of the industry. So having some way of actually approaching at the different levels from the creator to the CEO, and educating them along the way of what the value is, you know, what the value is for them, for their team, for the product. And if it's not there, they should be using another technology. But that's yeah. the difference when you're weighing things out and when you're looking for that ROI. So it's very specialized to find the ROI inside of 3D printing, especially with other kind of manufacturing processes out there. But at the same time, it's so beautiful to see the things that can be created because it's a little bit, it's a different process when you're coming from the material and you're building it layer by layer. Yeah. And then you have this new sort of art and many manufacturing form in front of you. You know, you could see it happen. You could take your creative process and put it inside of a 3D printer yourself, or you could be a manufacturer that's developing a product and actually repeating that process mm -hmm. and having that the quality coming out every time. That's a whole nother part. And that hence uh, ties into the word manufacturing, you know, and it's, it's implying yeah. repeatable quality right away. That's a really amazing mm -hmm. thing to see this whole industry kind of progress towards. That's actually a special charm about 3D printing. Yeah. And I think before 3D printing became more to our attention, people still living the mindset that in order to innovate, we have to buy an innovative product. But 3D printing really puts your creativity under your own control. Like you said, nothing can replace the excitement when you have a machine by your side and see the things that are created in front of you. And you have so much flexibility about how to reshape that. If you print out the things not to your expectation, then you can modify your design and do it better instantly. And right. that kind of a Quick process iterations. is really... Yes, and that's really very empowering in the sense that you 
own this journey of creativity rather than back to the days with the traditional manufacturing. You have to wait for the quote from developing country, in this case, most likely in China. And then with pandemic, that will be delayed and delayed. And with the 3D printing, you own your journey. And I think that's sort of a security people are looking for, especially after the COVID. Big time. That is a big part of what's happening now with feeling that security is having that in your hand and being able to work with it. And I know even on the maker's side, I've seen a lot of great communities growing up to make that creative side happen during this time when we can't get together in our offices and things like that. So it's wonderful to see the creatives out there in this world doing that and that tying into the manufacturing process we all love to see. So so yeah. what are your future plans with Satori and what do you think 2021 holds for you going forward? Well, 2021 is uh, definitely very exciting for Satori because after we release our first product, we're constantly developing new things. So stay tuned. We'll have some new products on the way. And on the other hand, it's about the creative partnership. And we've already yeah. have some partnership with the designers, whether it's uh, interior design or jewelry. And we're constantly also looking for talented designers from across different industries. As long as they have a creative idea, we're more than happy to work together to bring into being. And also welcome people who are attending this podcast to communicate with us and share your exciting ideas. And maybe that could be some next wow thing. Yeah, I know you guys do have a great website. I have it here in front of me and it's this S-A-T-O-R-I dash tech, T-E-C-H dot I-O. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, you can go ahead and check them out there. It's been wonderful having you here, Chenchi. And uh, thanks thanks again. Anything else that you wanted to share while we have you here? Well, I would like to share the mentality about 3D printing because I know some people find this whole industry is changing fast and sometimes the space of learning will not be matched by the space of its development. But as long as you have a curiosity and also you have a creative mind, this is the industry that's worth really exploring. Like you said, Adam, there's a lot of inspiring people in this field. You will never feel alone. It's never like you study something in the uni and then you have to work on your own in your career. It's a whole community that helps you learn and grow in this journey. As long as you feel you're the creative person and you cannot stop your curiosity. So I want to send this positive note to everyone. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, note to end on. And I know anybody that is that, it, it's sometimes intimidating in a new community. And I know a lot of people I've been talking to and mentoring coming out of colleges feel that way. They're like, oh my gosh, it's hard to reach out or talk. Just do it. Just do it. We're all at different places. We all like to network. Just reach out. There's a lot of great relationships that are happening. There's, there's people that are willing to talk to you. And if somebody doesn't want to talk back, reach out to the next person because there's plenty of us out there that bring people up and bring them in because there's a lot of growth that's happening here right now. So again, thank you so much, Chenchi. Wonderful to have you here. And I wish you the best of luck. I want to check in as things go along with Satori. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Adam. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and build our community, take action and press follow, subscribe, comment below, or please leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penner signing off. See you soon.